if the series reboots, does our podcast reboot? How does that work out? Absolutely. Sure. Okay. So we're just going to start from scratch. Get two new hosts. Yep. Do you consider do you consider Casino Royale a reboot when you saw it for the first time? Did you think they were rebooting the series or just, you know, restarting from the beginning? Uh, because my opinion changes as we go through each subsequent Daniel Craig film. When I saw it for the first time, I wasn't paying an, enough close attention to the series to realize it was a, a drastic reboot. It was just another... How bad this sounds. It was just another James Bond film for me. When... So I think maybe I've been a Bond geek longer. Yeah. I guess. I've been a Bond... You've been a Bond fan. fan. Maybe your, your nerddom a... didn't come until until later. Yes. At this time in my life, I think I was fully entrenched. I think... In Bond nerddom. And it helped yeah. a lot. Bond films, again, as we talked about, they always came out around my birthday. Yep. So since Gold and I have been going since my birthday, we both grew up with the with the films. But I think of the two of us, I'm more history obsessed. I'm going to yeah. go back and get a little more involved in it. When I first saw Casino in theaters, I, I knew they were using, quote, reboot. Mm-hmm. It felt more just like we're going back to the beginning. Yeah. Because they had never figured out how to do Casino Royale. Whether they didn't have the rights to it at the time, Mm -hmm. or even when they got the rights in 2000, it was like, how are we going to even make a gambling plot Mm -hmm. a viable movie? Interesting to watch. Right. Um, And so since it was a plot that had never been touched before, it felt like, oh, we're just seeing the beginning of James Bond. And as I said, as we've, through Quantum, through Skyfall, and then definitely Spectre made me like, oh, this is definitely an alternate universe. And that's mainly because, you know we're getting into Tracy territory. Mm-hmm. And if you're not following Tracy, then you're deviating from the novels kind of deal. So I, I now I re, I look at them as a reboot of the series. At Casino in 2006, at the time, I would have said, nah, I don't, I don't really think it's a reboot. I think it's just like a refresh. Is there a difference? I, mean, I think so. Reboot is a far deeper level than refresh? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, because if you're rebooting a franchise, <clears throat> it's... It's a whole new origin story. Think, you know, Dark Knight. Yeah. It's, that's a complete reboot uh, versus, you know, we're keeping up that kind of mythology. We're just kind of refreshing mm-hmm. the series. We're going back to to its origins kind of deal. Yeah, by that. I mean, yeah, okay. Just it. Yeah, I don't. I, it is what it is. Yeah. Sure. So obviously in, in this film, I don't need to ask you what you're drinking. I think it's... Had one too many already. <laughs> <laughs> These sons of bitches are strong. They are. So the drink of the novel, the drink of the movie, of Vesper. Absolutely. You want to describe to us how, what what is in a Vesper besides betrayal and spite? <laughs> Three parts Gordon's gin. Uh-huh. Traditionally. Traditionally. Are you using Gordon's? I am not. And why? Why is that? Uh, I don't think Gordon's gin is that mainstream here in america uh, yeah I, I i went with beef eater gin uh-huh um which is a mid-range to upper level gin i guess more mid-range not in america yeah. yeah in america I mean, there's I definitely like, like hendrix gin and all those bombay, bombay would probably be typical yeah, yeah like i'm definitely a, a big bombay sapphire fan mm-hmm. but uh for this drink i went went with beef eater um so three parts gin one part vodka which i'm a belvedere guy um what kind of vodka did you use belvedere I just said that. 
By that I meant and traditionally, no, yeah, no, I no one can see your face burning because you just had no. another sip of your vest. No, no one can. We're not on video yet. <laughs> traditionally, Braun prefers a grain vodka, and you have a very strong opinion about. I this. have a very strong opinion that I only try to try to drink Polish Polish vodka. Yeah, Polish vodka. You're very douchey about your. I am very douchey about my vodka. vodka. I have a Polish background. I yeah, mean, I'm an, I have a very German name, but I have a uh, very. My other half of my family is Polish. So. You like those uh, those vodkas from the potatoes. Exactly. Right. So potato vodka. Yep. So three do you parts. That, do you think that changes the taste? We should try I think there's it. A notice, there's a noticeable difference. If you're a, a, a big enough vodka nerd, There's a. I think there's a noticeable difference between grain and, yeah. and vodka. Like I can tell the difference vodka. between absolute... And like a Belvedere, yeah, actually, absolutely. Like as soon as I take, as soon as I taste Belvedere, it's completely different, right? To me, um, I think we're both. Vodka I can drink snobs. straight up. I think so. Me, predominantly because of my years <laughs> in college, uh, there was a bar that had specials mm-hmm. on vodka, and they had Grey Goose and Belvedere for very cheap. Yeah, so I, I can tell very quickly when a drink uses well vodka. Oh, and yeah. it's disgusting. Yeah, and then did, did I did I cut you off? Did you yep, finish? Uh, just a half a measure of. Uh... Well, Bond uses Kina Lele, and you yeah. taught me something that it's not available anymore. Not available anymore. Yeah. But I, I, we, you can still get Lele Blanc. Yeah, but uh, same same company. Just is it the uh, same company? I I've yeah. only been able to find one. It's from Lillet, a, so. I, I believe it's just from a different region of France, which is why. Yeah. But it, for those that don't know, it's a, a French yeah. aperitif wine. Yep. So it's, it's like seventy percent alcohol. It's, mm-hmm. it's very nice. You can drink it easily yeah. by itself. Yeah. And then what's it garnished with? A. Uh, Twist of lime, or excuse me, twist of lemon. Twist of lemon. Um, long, Different from the traditional thin. dry martini garnish of of olives. olives. Although yeah. Bon, you typically see a lot of lemon in the martinis he drinks, or mm-hmm. no garnish at all in the movies. Yeah, I'm an olive guy. Mostly, I've seen a lot of olives, but yeah, I'm very much an olive guy too. I like dirty. It's not martinis. dirty. It's not dirty. Like I like Spectre. dirty. Yeah, yeah, but uh, just traditionally olives, right? And. So yeah, that's um So three three parts mm-hmm. gin, one mm-hmm. part vodka, half part uh lele. Mm-hmm. So go find go find some lele. So I had I had this drink. I I sent you a text, I'll tell the story. Mm-hmm. I was out at a restaurant with the lady and we get the menu and I'm looking over I usually never look at the cocktails because I'm I don't care what, what drinks you're trying to sell me, what pre made, mm-hmm. you know, drinks. I usually know that I like my bourbon with ice and I'll tell you that, so I don't need to look. Yep. I happened to look at the cocktails, and they had, lo and behold, a Vesper. I, rem- I remember the text and, message you Yeah, showed. it's like 10, 10.30 at night. Yeah. Like This is a, this is our nightcap. We're headed to bed. You have your a father with kids, and I'm blowing up your phone, like sending you pictures. I think I sent you a picture first because your response was like, question mark, like, WTF, like, what are you sending me? <laughs> and then I had to put it into context. Uh, and then I had the drink, and the next morning you were texting me like, oh, how was it? And I told I was it was horrible. It was... <laughs> It was a hard drink to get down. It is. And I was explaining in, in, in our text exchange that they used well vodka. That, and I, is, oh. and I, it just, I didn't realize to say to them, I see that you have Belvedere. Please yeah. put Belvedere. And you know this, when we went to see Spectre, I was mm-hmm. very particular about my yeah. martini order. Yeah. Um, the number of olives make it dirty. Belvedere. Mm-hmm. If you don't have Belvedere, use this. If you don't have that, mm-hmm. don't make me a fucking martini. Yeah. You know, kind of deal. Yep. Um, and it just, I was, again, nightcap with the lady. Mm-hmm. I ordered the drink and then went back with the conversation. The drink came out. I took a sip and I was like, ah, they used, and it was gross. It was not good. Just pop off. Right. Like a- so unlike at the restaurant, uh-huh. you know, I only use premium stuff at my yeah. bar. Yeah. You gotta- what do you think of... Uh- this Vesper. 
I would say that it's just as shitty. Casino Royale, the first Bond novel, the 21st Bond film, released in 2006, starring for the first time, Daniel Craig. So it's not that it's a bad drink, it's just... Strong. It's liquor on liquor with a little more liquor yeah. with a tiny bit of lemon. Yeah, it's like, look at that little lemon peel in there. It's uh... Usually when we record the podcast, we, we have something like refreshing or mm-hmm. light, you know, just something related to the film. This is... This is straight drinking right yeah, here. That is drinking. I'm probably gonna have this and not be close to being done. Yeah. When we're done with this with this podcast, but it, it's a good. As opposed, to I'm done. It's much <laughs> better. It's much better made than the drink I had at the bar. Well, good. I'm uh, glad you like it. It's just still. Woo! It's a strong drink. So we'll see. Maybe it makes our double uh, thirties that much more entertaining. I hope so. Let's go. Double O thirty. All right, so as whenever I hear a bell, I'm gonna I'm gonna start talking. All right. In three, two, one. The series is rebooted, and we begin with an MI6 agent with no license to kill. James Bond earns his double O in spectacular fashion. Is off to the races. A terrorist, Lashif, takes terrorist money and manipulates the market to guarantee a return. After an explosive incident in Nabutu, 007 is put on leave but continues the mission. Bond chases the terrorist money and foils a plan to ruin an airline. Therefore, Lashif must make up money in someplace else. Insert gambling here. MI6 sends Vesper to keep an eye on Bond shares. Shit goes down. Things aren't happy, but. She betrays him, yet he tries to rescue her. A cold-hearted Bond is born, but ready to work. He's got nothing to make him emotional because the bitch is dead. 34 seconds. I don't mind being long on that one. No, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah you gotta go a little long on, on that one. It's a good plot. It is. Uh, well, you know, I actually felt bad um, as I was watching uh, the movie again, uh-huh. prepare for this podcast. And I remembered the things that I said about double O third on the double O 30 for Daniel Craig uh-huh. before Spectre came out. And yeah. I remember talking like the plot is kind of dumb, you know? All right. The, 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 the poker part of it. All right. It's, it's not the most in-depth plot in the world, but How it's about we save this for loose ends. And, no, I'm uh... just saying, I, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> Damn, that's Vesper strong. <laughs> yeah. All right, you ready? Whenever you um, want to count me in. <clears throat> whenever I hear a bell, I'll, uh, I'll start timing. <clears throat> All right. Three, two. James Bond is back. Well, rebooted as we meet Bond, played by Daniel Craig, earning his double O rating. There are some great action scenes up front in this film, but the real meat of the film is during the high-stakes poker game with bleeding eyeball man known as the Sheaf. The Sheaf is a marked man after he lost $100 million on a plan thwarted by Bond. Once he wins this poker game, he will pay off his debt 
with a $10 million buy-in from the 10 players. Bond is there gambling with the Queen's money, regrettably by many in this, in order to stop the sheep. It really is a dumb plot point, honestly, but the movie turns out excellent with many twists and double crosses by people trust by trusted people and lovers. Strong opening for Daniel Craig. 34. I think we were at the same uh, yep. same place there. So, like so we, said, were, we were saying, what were we talking about? The plot. Yeah, the plot. You have some criticisms of it, I, I guess. But in in hindsight, you know, I, I made the things like it's kind of a dumb plot point. It was a simple plot, plot point. It was a, sim- a, a simple plot, plot point. Which spoiled newcomers, I think, because Quantum is a more convoluted, you know, it's a little deeper plot point. Maybe a little. There's some shadows. But ultimately what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. this movie is more than a poker game. Absolutely. So, absolutely. I, I felt the, bad. The poker's only the middle third of it. Yeah, absolutely. So I just felt bad talking down about the movie because this is one of my favorite movies. And it's, it's going to movie. be in the running of the top three. I think it's up there. Favorite movies. No, I think, it, I think it's up there. Any loose ends? Did we leave anything out? Um, Did we make light of the importance of Vesperlin and the Bond, you know, myth? Are we going to get to that? Maybe it's not a loose end. I think we we bring up her betrayal. We, I don't know if there are any loose ends. We I think we hit there, up any, I mean, anything. Reboot, Bond. We'll get to the Aston Martin. We leave that out. There's. there's I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there's any really major I, loose I think ends. this is some good 0030s. Actually, you want to know what I think the loose end is? I think the loose end is you need to read the book. If you're listening to this podcast, uh-huh. in order to truly love this movie, you need to read the book because... The writers of this film... This as as such... someone who read the book, were you not upset that they were playing Texas Hold'em and not Baccarat? It didn't, it, that did not bother me because Texas Hold'em is popular now. Yeah. Baccarat's not. It wouldn't build the tension of some chem d'affaire. Yeah. <laughs> but they did such a great job embracing everything about the Ian Fleming novel. Let me tell you something, and yep. we'll talk about this later in the movies. I just want a little preview for our listeners. Mm-hmm. Watching this movie, after listening to a lot of backlash on Spectre, mm-hmm. I have to throw a Shenanigans flag on everybody that was shitting on Spectre, because Casino Royale kind of goes through some of the similar beats. Fan service, mm-hmm. all over the place on this movie. The ending, the final third being just a different tonal part than the first two parts. This movie is that. Very much so. So I, I feel yeah. like a lot of the, the criticisms, like, looking and over-the-top mm-hmm. villain, like... He's yeah. a villain from the novel, yeah, but it's just like... But Lashif versus uh, Blofeld, I mean, Blofeld is the friggin' top of the mountain versus Lashif, but, but I see your points. The tonal change is definitely there. Blofeld wasn't um, a criticism. They didn't explore. He wasn't a deeper character. Mm-hmm. Lashif is an interesting character yeah, we, we could have learned more about. about we know very yeah. little. Yeah. Why is he so afraid when Mr. White walks into the room? Yeah. he A phenomenal actor. Uh, he's in the series Hannibal. I'm drawing a blank on his... Name right now, who's a great actor, but mm-hmm. I and it's portrayed in that scene when he goes from being the the torturer, yep, and then just the sheer terror on his yes. face when Mister White walks yep. in and he knows game over, yep. But enough, we're you know, a lot of. This is gonna be a long one, isn't it? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe yep. uh, we get through it quickly. Mm-hmm. At bond for the non-bond. Um, so it's it's a pretty simple one for me. Mm-hmm. James Bond has been rebooted. I would go see that. I want to know. I want to know why he was rebooted and what it looks like. My Bond for the non-Bond? Uh-huh. The birth of Bond. This literally is the birth of Bond. Mm-hmm. I will say, and this may be, uh, I don't know if it's controversial, is, is the term might upset some traditionalist in the Bond universe. If you want to start a lady friend off, the Bond series, 
don't show her an outdated sexist bond. Yeah. Start with Casino Royale. I think it's a movie that's hard to not like. If yeah. you've never seen the Bond series, especially if you're trying, like, you're dating someone, you want to get a lady friend involved in the series, if you throw on, like, You Only Live Twice, she's not only not going to like James Bond, she's probably going to have some horrible assumptions about you as a man. In Japan, yeah. <laughs> men come first. Right, right. But this is, a, it's an entertaining movie. It's, you still get a lot of, you know, the myth of James Bond that mm-hmm. as a James Bond fan, you can then sound very knowledgeable about your, you know, without sound, coming across as a nerd mm-hmm. of the series and explain things and make it deeper. Um, so I, it's the birth of James Bond. It's a, it's a good film. It's a great film. Yeah. And I think it racks up. It does stand with the gold, uh, Goldfingers, the From Russia with Loves, the, the Spy Who Loves Me. Yeah, it's been a long time it, since we've the had Golden a, a, Eyes. A it stands, can stand up there. You know, with yeah. those, with, as a true classic. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, let's get into this. All right. The Distinguished Debauchery of 007. I wouldn't go as far as calling you a cold-hearted bastard, but it wouldn't be a stretch to imagine. Then you'll also know that in poker you never play your hand. You play the man across from you. By the cut of his suit you went to Oxford or wherever. Naturally think human beings dress like that. But you were it with such disdain. Since my six looks for maladjusted young men, I give little thought to sacrificing others in order to protect Queen and Country. Beautiful. Every now and then a trigger has to be pulled. Or not pulled. It's hard to know which in your pajamas. Q. 007. You think of women as disposable pleasures rather than meaningful pursuits. Martinis. Rank on the scale of zero to five olives. I have this movie at five olives. And so do I. I think Daniel Craig is the drinking bond. Yeah. Um, to say the least. He, I think he's... If there's an opportunity, the man's having some liquor. He's going to have a cocktail. Oh, we're at a, we're at a table playing cards? Drink, please. Where uh, I've just gotten almost, uh, de- I almost died. Drink, please. I just got into a fight, and oh, there's a bar there. Drink, please. He, he's just, he has a drink in his hand when possible. Yeah. Nothing. I don't mind. Um, he hits all the traditional drinks. He's got the bourbon. He's got the dry martini. He's, uh, he goes through an old drinks. He's got the old, old classic here, bonding over bond. He'd get Codsbeed. So he's, we've got That's the, right. po- we've got the poison drink. Yep. Uh, we've got the bourbon, like you said. We've got uh, martini. Uh, we've got the Vesper, which is from the novel. There's some Bollinger. There's some champagne. Just there's some red wine. Everything's in yep. here. There's, uh, the, the, like you said, the scotch or bourbon or brandy, whatever brown liquor, mm-hmm. brown liquor he had when he was, after he, he, uh, killed the guys in the, in the yep. stairwell. Yep. Um, I have 11 drinks. So that easily was five olives for me. I think I matched it with drinks. We're, yep. Go ahead. Casino Roya. Rank from lowest poker hand to highest. So, uh, this category is called mm-hmm. Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a Royale with cheese, but a mm-hmm. Casino Royale. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually, I'm sorry, but I'm sitting here looking now, I'm questioning my, my ranking 
Because I have it as a straight flush, and I'm wondering really? why I do not have it as a royal flush. I have it and as I a royal flush. Why. I can tell you why, though. I know why, but I'm asking myself out loud why I did not call it royal flush. I'm, I'm sure. Tell me why when James Bond won $150 million with plus an Aston Martin earlier in the film when he uh-huh. was gambling. With a straight flush. He won He won the hand against Le Chief with a 4 to 8, 4 to 5, 6, 7, yeah, 4 to 8 straight flush. Yeah, that's why I called it a straight flush. That it's was clearly the, a royal. But it's the wink, wink, nod, nod. You see what I did there? You see what I did there? That was. I see, a, I see what you did there. But all right, so here's my question for you, because we're we're both obviously very high up on this on film. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of gambling. The whole damn the the majority of the film is about gambling. Mm-hmm. Is this movie's Casino Royale segment as great as meeting Sean Connery and Doctor No across the? Chem de Fer table. Is the scene because I the believe scenes I ranked as that. iconic? Yes. No. Is the gambling more intense? Of course. Mm-hmm. There's 150 million at stake. Mm-hmm. Plus, at the earlier in the film, I think you have not as iconic a film, but for the Daniel Craig era, let him win his money back. Yeah. And then he throws the keys of the Aston Martin. Let me tell you, and as a fan. When I was watching that in 2006 and I'm in the theaters and he throws the keys to the Aston Martin. Because earlier in that film, and we'll talk about this in Cars, Daniel Craig's driving, driving like a fucking Ford Taurus or some shit. And Ford I said Fusion. out loud, Ford Fusion, <laughs> I said out loud in the theater, I was like, you gotta be shitting me. It's a great looking car though. And then when he throws the keys to the Aston Martin, I was like, <laughs> slow clap. I was like, there it is. Yeah. I don't know, straight flush, royal flush. You're kind of get they're great hands. They're, it, it was a great, it's a great movie. It's great, great casino, great gambling. Look in the corrections page. I would like to see the statistical difference of getting a straight flush and a royal flush in Texas Hold'em. I'm leaving that to you. We'll note that down. I'm writing yeah. that down right now to get that. Turnbull and Asser rank from zero to five cufflinks. Five cufflinks, and I'm going to be honest here. Uh, Daniel Craig in any movie, even non-Bond movies, I'm rating him as five cufflinks. Mm-hmm. Man knows how to dress. He does. He's looking he's a, good. He's a sharp dresser. I've got him at five cufflinks as, cufflinks as well. Uh, literally have him down as 20 wardrobe changes. He changes a lot. And I said, this guy changes tuck shirts like four times in this movie. Yeah, he gets, uh, he gets them a little bloody. A little bloody. A little, a little sweaty. A little wet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a little sweaty. Um, there's a lot going on there. What a waste of that first dinner jacket, though. That was a beautiful... Yeah. Did you like the subtle differences between the two dinner jackets? That's the dinner had... jacket, and this is the dinner jacket. Yeah. That's the latter. Yeah, yeah. There, well, she says there's dinner jackets, and yes. then there's dinner jackets, and this is the latter. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. uh, correcting that butcher that I had there. Yeah, um, so I, I think we both agree. Very simple. Five cufflinks. Five cufflinks. Do you feel comfortable? I know we're running a little long. Do you feel comfortable saying Daniel Craig is the best dressed James Bond? I have a hard time. Completely signing up for that because mm-hmm. I really like a lot of things about Sean Connery's. So let me stop you there, and yep. this is why we're co-hosting this. Whenever and why I'm still internally struggling between Sean Connery and Daniel Craig. Whenever I make a comment where I'm like, "This guy's a sharp dresser," mm-hmm. he's the best. I stop myself short, and I'm like, "But Sean Connery, though, yes, Sean Connery, though, he also wears a suit like a boss." I just that simple gray suit that he wore in Doctor No. Just all, just it was just put together so nicely. It was just a simple gray suit that 
many other people on the face of the earth when they walk around with that gray suit would look like an old man. He just he was put together, and mm-hmm. and uh, I I don't know I th- I think Daniel Craig is very much so nipping at his heels, but is uh it's maybe falling a little short. I don't know about that. I think it's a good I think it's a good race. So are you are you on the uh, Daniel Craig wagon? As, I'm not uh, sure. I just know it's a good race. I have not. I'm I'm still torn on my one. I mean, this two. is the first movie. This is the internal. Craig, so yeah, got a lot of buttons. Aston Martin rank from one to five hundred horsepower. Four hundred and seventy-five horsepower. You like that four seventy-five? I do. You've been using it. There's a reason why. Go ahead. Because I really like the things that are being driven. Uh huh. But they're not as good as. A DB5 equipped it out by the Cooper H. Sure. So we're on this similar track here. What do you get? I have 499. Yeah, you're you're right on the edge. Because well, I give I'm a traditional. I see an Aston Martin, I get 500. Yep. I think only one Aston Martin hadn't earned 500 from me before. Um, in this film, we have the Aston Martin DBS V12. Yep. Which I'm going to rank actually behind the Vanquish. Really? Yes. From uh. Die Another Day? From Die Another Day, and behind the DB10, but slightly in front of the DB5, which is going to be Wait, ahead of the DBS. Excuse me? You're, you're going to put the DB5 behind a car? Behind... I'm going to put an Aston Martin behind an Aston Martin behind an Aston Martin behind an Aston Martin. But you're going to put the DB5. The DB5 is not going to be your number one car. The DB5 is not going to be my number one car. Really? I think you've known this for a while. That the DB10 has been my number one car since I first saw the DB, the DB10, and you know, got a little. <laughs> it's a beautiful car. It is a beautiful car, but I don't think I've ever seen a more beautiful car. I think than it, the DB10. I think it lost a little bit for me just because of its. Q branch enhancements and the fact that they were so crappy. The car is beautiful, but we rank these differently. We do. We, we rank a lot of things differently. Yeah. And you know, that's fine. But, uh, you know, I really think that a, a, uh, Aston Martin DB5 fully equipped. Like five years from now, when we circle back and do reviews again, uh-huh. we really got to nail down some criteria. We do. We really do. <laughs> Anyways, I'm at 475. We're okay. at 499. It's very simple. Very high. Yeah. The car was very good. For the record, because I know you're anal about this, uh-huh. I did not, that 499 is not influenced by the DB10, the DB5, which is in this movie. Yep. That he won fair and square. Good. That's good to know. Which will make an appearance in Skyfall because he now has a pris personal. No, 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 You don't think so? No, 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 Because the DB5 in Skyfall has the ejection seat. Which you don't think he got equipped? Maybe. But you're telling me he owns two DB5s instead of at some point as James Bond was like, Q, put this, a fucking the, ejector seat really, in my DB. Not, see, it really comes down to, it really comes down to the timing of the franchise, timing of the, you know, I mean. Is it a reboot or is it a is refresh? Is it a reboot or not? Yeah. Because if it's exactly a reboot, it. then that has to be the same DB5. Otherwise, how does an ah, MI6 agent on so his salary a, earn two is, DB5s? This is actually something I want to talk to you about, and it's not the right place, but I'm just, I'm going to throw it out there now because I'm just really wondering did, did Judy Dench M really reboot with the franchise? I'm really wondering that after watching, watching this movie, or did she mellow? Did she mellow out from the, the scolding she gave Pierce Brosnan's uh, I absolutely. We'll talk I, about. I don't that. know. Talk about I don't know. I have things to say about okay. this. Let's right. talk about. We're the gonna movie. skip it. We're gonna next. Go. 
queue branch. Rank from zero to five queues. Zero queues. Why? Because I have used a defibrillator before. I've used I mean, really? not on myself. Excuse I, me. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. I was CPR certified. I never said I used it to save someone's life, but I used them before oh, get the to be trained on them. That yeah. is totally different. That caught the whole. You put them. You press the button. I've used the one whole before. Context of that all statement. Right. I've used one before. Yeah. All right. It's the story you tell a girl in the bar and where you know when to cut yourself off, so it's an impressive story. I've used the defibrillator before. I've used an epipen that I've had to use on a on a like. Stab me here, okay. Which is scary when someone's like, literally, no, I, you can just stab me right here. And it's like, are you sure? If you miss my half inch, I'm dead. Like, no big deal. <laughs> and uh, he has a tracking chip, which, you know, they can put on animals. So why not put it on an MI6 agent? I had two cues, very much for the... For what? For the medical kit and for the freaking tracking. You thing. can get, you work in a government office. I'm sure they have defibrillators because of OSHA regulations. <laughs> actually, actually, this is... I'm sorry. I don't even know if I can talk about this, but the... Anyways, I have it at two cues because for the cardiac device and uh, the the tracking device in his arm, two cues. License to kill rank from zero to seven rounds. I have a uh, in the license to kill category. I have four rounds. Okay, close. Where are you at? Five. That much? Oh yeah, it's, it's at one difference. Seven. Yep, yeah, yeah. Um, I had eleven kills. But they're all like personal. They're all up close. They're not like Pierce Brosnan. I'm shooting yeah. an automated weapon in that direction and people are falling like dominoes. Like it's like I have my, I'm choking your life out of you with my bare hands. Yeah. There's a lot of personal kills in there. All right. I'll buy that. Yeah. Yeah. No good comments. Finally, the quote, Bond girls, end quote, rank from zero to five suffragettes. Zero suffragettes. Really? None. Vesper is one of two, now three, women to earn James Bond's heart and respect. Vesper, Tracy, and now Madeline. She's a strong woman. She's a fleshed-out character. It's understandable why she's doing all the things that she's doing throughout the film. At no point is she succumbing to Bond. Like, they've earned that relationship. They've earned... Mm -hmm. He earns taking her to bed. You know, one could even say that she's taking him to bed. And then um, Solange, which mm-hmm. is how I believe you pronounce her name. I agree. Um, I only know how to pronounce that name because I asked my girlfriend and she said, oh, that's Beyonce's sister's name. <laughs> and then taught me how to pronounce that. I was like, how do you pronounce this? And I pointed to it like a child. Solange. I was like, how do you say this word? Um, and so she's a married woman, which is a nod to the books. I love that they, they bring back because James notoriously in the book. He loves married women because, mm-hmm. as he says in the movie, they're simple. simple. Yeah. Um, and I be- I don't think it's one of those, like, films, like, um, the, like, some of the nurses in MI6 or what stands out to me is the Drax henchwoman and Moonraker. And remember how upset I was at that I've scene? I've purged where, like, every memory of Moonraker <laughs> from my head. 
Roger Moore just like winks his eyes at this girl who is supposed to be like Drax's like right hand, like one of his personal assistants, and she's like, "Of course I'll betray Hugo Drax and tell you everything." And I was just like, "No, at no point is that like even plausible." But anyway, Solange. She's a married woman in a shitty marriage, and here's this dashing guy that comes in, and she's like, you know what? My husband is constantly gone. He's a shitty guy. He's not giving me what I need as a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get some D tonight, and she gets it. Mm-hmm. I don't blame her. I think I nothing wrong at all. I will say, because I told my girlfriend I would, she watched this movie with me. The horse riding scene. Mm-hmm. This is to say how we notice different things. <laughs> the horse riding scene, and I'm like... Yeah, she was and, on a horse, okay. And then the girlfriend starts yelling, that's not how you ride a horse. It's in proper form. That's horrible. She's not a horse rider. And, um, yeah, this is to show that we look at different things in life. Absolutely. I was like, there's a I horse noticed, in this scene? I noticed her bikini, her bikini but no big deal. No, uh, I have to say that I'm kind of at, I think I was a little bit different. Um, man, what movie was it? The world is not enough, but literally from Tomorrow Never Dies, Bond Women, mm-hmm. as I like to call it, mm-hmm. has been zero suffragettes mm-hmm. and will be through through Spectre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe zero to one. We're not getting above one in Bond Women. So I'm of the same same general comments uh and i i see your face burning over there as you just had another sub of your of your vesper in yeah. the bond women category your vesper cocktail has been pretty strong for you she she's she's great and ultimately i mean she betrays bond but she kills herself i mean it's like i mean and the book if memory serves me correct she takes some pills that's takes sleeping pills yeah to yep. kill herself so i mean uh and then writes him a letter Yes, yep. there was a letter waiting for Bond because Bond sees her and knocks down. They had joining rooms, and he knocks down her door and uh, sees that she's killed herself. And the the pills, because I believe she offered him the pills earlier, or or he saw them in her purse or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, and there was a note waiting for him that uh, explaining everything that happened. And that's when he says the bitch is now dead. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, zero suffragettes. Welcome to Bonding Over Bond, Running Rankings. Opening Sequence. I don't know where you stand, but this is one of my favorite cold openings. Top tier. One, uh, cold opening's not fair. Opening sequence. Um, it's, uh, we get to see how he, how Bond gets his first Wait, kill. Wait, so is the entire opening sequence one of your favorites, or just the cold open part? Uh, I love the title sequence of uh-huh. this. I think so. The whole the opening whole sequence, thing, the whole, whole opening sequence, the whole there's uh, Prague, the whole cold casino open, modified gun barrel, the, the title, whole, uh, Chris Cornell background song. I know second, that, I know that has its own its own segment, but yes, by far the uh, second animation title sequence in the series. Is that yeah? True? The first being Doctor No, and the second being Casino Royale. Really? Yeah. Holy cow! Yep. That, that's that's crazy. Every other time, it's been images on naked women. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have it in the top tier as well. It's pretty yeah. well done. I That'll be it. in my top three. Yeah. Right. We talked about was it last podcast where you asked me? Oh, never mind. Main movie song. I have this in the top of the second tier. 
Middle third. Middle third. That was a long way to say middle third. Yeah, I have it in the middle third, and yeah. it's uh, near the top. And I will say, just for reference, like when I'm driving and I'm, I have a short distance to go to my job, mm-hmm. I literally click on Chris Cornell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know my name. Mm-hmm. So this is my playlist. You know the number. <laughs> I take out, and I know this probably is going to hurt your feelings, but I take out Jack Black or whoever that is that does uh, Alicia Keys. Keys. Yeah, whatever. I take them Jack out. Jack Black and Alicia Keys. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't like that one. I like that song. I know you do. Yeah. But I prefer Chris Cornell. Uh-huh. And my playlist literally goes, Chris Cornell, You uh-huh. Know My Name, Straight Into Skyfall uh-huh. by Adele. Yeah. And then Writings on the Wall by Sam Smith. Huh, interesting. So this is a long way for me to say, it's a middle third song. Cars. Top third. Same. Number four. The villain. I have Lashif at the top tier, and I know that that may surprise you. I I have him up there. He's influenced heavily by Mr. White, who is also a villain in this film. Because of how we come to find out Spectre and Quantum works. I would love... I'm glad you brought that up. I I have... Retroactively watching this film, knowing that Spectre's a thing... Legitimately a thing, yep. and that underneath Spectre is Quantum, and well, Mr. White is, is the head of Quantum. Hold on, is that yeah. how that works? Yes. That's where I want to go. That's yeah. where I want to go. He's the head of let, Quantum. Let me, let me get to the, the, the... I have him as the middle third, but I really would like to put him in the top third, after, your, especially after your comments. Yeah. But my problem is... I'm the Chief really, doesn't fuck around. No, he doesn't. Bleeding eyeball man, you know, I mean, he's... Like the um, they, when they're in the hotel, and the... The, the, the whole the, the, uh, arm the, chopping off thing, and he doesn't like blink an eye. And, no, I like him. I, he's he's a villain. He's kind of a dick. He's a villain. He he's got plans. He he has tasks for people to do. He he's good. He's he's good. <laughs> Don't give me a bottle of water. No, no not I've... like that. You know, like he that he knows he's not going to dirty his hands with bombing the plane. He's got he's going to hire oh, yeah, some yeah, motherfucker yeah. to yeah. hire a motherfucker to do yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, I just like watching this in hindsight. Like you you had brought up just briefly there. I really want to know, like, who, where was this, where was this franchise going when it was like, we're going to develop this thing called Quantum? Because when I, when I watched Spectre. They, you got to remember, they don't have the rights to Spectre I understand that. at 2006. So, They want to build, me. they uh, want to build you, a villain. I get like, that. That's, I get that. Yeah. But. And the Cold War is over, the, so you can't have Smirsh. We know the future, though. So, so you acquired Spectre. Right. Are you just going to make me... Are you forcing me to go, oh, Quantum was Spectre? Is that really no, what No, Quantum is part of Spectre. How? Like, what when you it? saw in what Spectre, and Spectre, when you briefly saw the chart of things, it was at the top. It was the left Blofeld, side. It was the left side and it was of the one octopus. When, yes, Q was showing him. It was yep. it was one of the tentacles. So I would have loved that. I'm, I'm fully on board with that. When Blofeld is up at the top of yep. the octopus, and that's called Spectre. You have and Mr. I have White. a left side of my body that's called Quantum. What is the right side of my body called? Because I don't want to go, oh, by the way, the right side of my body is also called Spectre. What I want them to do in the movies going forward, I wish they would have done it already, is explain to me why... We had quantum. Not because, because they didn't I have know, the rights to. It. I know that, but the legal world should have nothing to do with the movie world. So you should have been go. I know that as a Bond follower, I know that they can't say Spectre. Right. So they came up with quantum. You you're answering your own question. How so? Because I know what my question is. Your question is why does quantum exist? Yes. Quantum ex. 
Okay, there's two levels. Quantum exists because legally they can't use Spectre. I get that. You're writing in the mythos of James Bond. You want James Bond, again, they're returning to... James Bond needs... He needs his Joker. He needs this organization, this mysterious organization. They couldn't use the term Spectre, so they wanted to create a shadowy organization. They call it Quantum. I guess ultimately, here's what I'm getting at. Is... I get all of that. I understand that. Right. I have a left side of my octopus body. We're also arguing a lot of quantum in a film that never uses the term quantum. Do they really not? They don't refer to themselves as quantum until quantum of solace. Yeah. We just know they're quantum and we know they're part of Spectre. Should we hold this conversation off or should we have it? We have already gone this far. We forced the listener. I'm I'm going to continue my thoughts. Okay. We ultimately end up knowing that this side of the body is called quantum. Right. Where I would have been happy is to know that the right side of the body in Skyfall, I wish they would have had a name for it. They if probably, you, they might. We, we why do you need to know everything already? We don't know anything about Spectre. We have zero. We, we know Spectre exists. We know it exists. Madeline have, taught us that. We have some information about Blofeld. We don't have all the whole story. All right, story. well, let's have the conversation. So what would you call that right side of the body? We had quantum. I'm not writing these series. You should be. You're just as qualified. Sure. What we do know is we have Mr. White. Uh-huh. Mr. White seems to offer a particular service. His service seems to be... Connections. Connecting assassins and getting tasks done. Yep. Which is a skill set... That Spectre probably wanted. Mm-hmm. So instead of having a bunch of other people, it seemed that Spectre incorporated Quantum. Mr. White, as the figurehead of Quantum, is one of the tentacles of Spectre. Yep. So and the table, like going back to the Connery era where it was like number one, number two, number three. Mm-hmm. Mr. White would be one of the people at the table and then he has... His whole organization of minions yeah, actually, this under is, him this is making that me... has been, incorpor- been incorporated because at some point he talks about he got into bed with Blofeld yep. thinking Blofeld was one thing and then Blofeld turns out to be another thing. Well, this is, this is interesting and, and, and we're going we're gonna to be long in this, in this segment because I want to ask you this now that I've thought about it. You know, quantum, quantum definitely has a direct correlation to quantity, you know, so mm-hmm. and we know... Spectre is mm-hmm. the special executive for counterintelligence, terror, terrorism, revenge, and extortion. Is this the? Oh. <laughs> Although, I, was, I thought I was going to have more time to drink. Okay. But in the so, reboot, in the reboot, Spectre is not an acronym; it's a term. Well, I'm not I'm much not, like quantum. I'm not is willing a term. to give that up yet. You may have given it up yet, but I, I gave I'm it up not. because the series told me to give it up. No. Spectre is no longer SP. No, 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 It's no longer S dot P dot. No, it it's is a, not. It's a word. It is not. But if you've noticed, I don't it's know all capitalized. Noticed, it's all capitalized. So I'm not willing to give up on the acronym yet. So here's where I'm going: is quantum is something of quantity of value. I'm wondering if quantum was, uh, or excuse me, um, Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace were very both money influenced, right? What do you mean? Money influenced as uh, Lashif was going to take the money and guarantee a return by right. blowing up this airliner. Right. Quantum, fast forward, we're going to talk about that next podcast, is uh, they were extorting money from the dictator they put in place in Bolivia for uh-huh. the money. Right. So quantum is money-based. 
Right. So I would say if I took an octopus, it was the, the A part. It was the extortion. They part. were the the money side of the organization. Uh-huh. Versus, you look at the other side of the organization is terrorism, right? Counterintelligence, right? They're the attacking. They're the offense. They're the defense. They're making the money. They're getting all the stuff. Like, what would you call the other side? I wish they would put a name on it. Like, give me a cool name. Like, you give have me, quantum. Let me think about this for a little bit. I like. I now you, understand you your I'm question. Going? Yeah. Let's think about it. Yeah, okay. Tweet us. Right, this is a good point. This is a good point. I like your. We'll point. carry this conversation. Sure. On, but the actor's portrayal is Bond. James Bond. I think it's pretty straightforward. I mean, Daniel Craig is gonna be top one or two. Yeah, I think I it's mean, one or two. I think we're down to that. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to say here. It's time to you know. We've, we've just... officially though. Let me let me hold you, your feet to the fire though. Right. We've we've we're officially out of the Pierce Brosnan era. Can you can you make a decision? Not yet. Is it Pierce or is it Roger? Come on, man. Oh yeah, Pierce or Roger. Oh god, yeah. Is it Pierce or Roger? I've made my decision. Pierce, I'm putting in front of Timothy Dalton. So it's one and two, Pierce, Dalton, Roger, George. You gotta so make a decision. Mine, mine's gonna be either Connery or Connery or Craig. We've established that. Dalton. I think I gotta go Roger Moore. Okay, that's fine. That's Roger fine. Moore, Pierce Brosnan, George Lazenby. Okay. Rank the overall movie. We're talking about all-time classics. We're we're talking about films that stack up with greats. I'm looking at my best of. We're in the 21st Bond film, so we have we've ranked more films than we have. And at this point, it yep. well in our running rankings, we kind of should actually be doing numbers yep. because you know we should probably hold ourselves to that expectation. And and this far in the series, um, but we we will have a final running ranking, so we'll go over that. However, you're looking at my top of the list. I have From Russia With Love, I have Thunderball, I have Goldfinger, and I have The Spy Who Loved Me. So the question becomes, this is how I rank things now that you, we have many more films than we have films left. I say to myself, is Casino Royale a better film than From Russia With Love? Well, and it makes me think about step it. Step back, step back. What? Is Casino Royale better than Thunderball? You just cut me off from literally saying the next words out of my mouth. As I'm walking down the process to explain to the but listener. But I would have started from the bottom up. You went, the bottom right, up you went would, to right to the pinnacle. Then the bottom up. Because that's how I rank. I don't rank, is it better than this? Let me move it up. I rank, is this, is it better? No, I'm going to move it I down. I get that. As, as someone and who's I, ranking it, yeah. but as someone who's listening to someone ranking, I would start on the bottom. So then the my top four, is it better than The Spy Who Loved Me? Yes. I think so. Is it better than Gold Goldfinger? I think for me it is. Uh, that's my dilemma right there. I think for me it is. Uh-huh. Is it better than Thunderball? Yes. I think it is. Is it better from Frosh with Love? That's tough. It's that's tough for me. Tough. So it's in the top third. It's in the top four. I don't know. Will I call this the best Bond film of all time? I've pledged some allegiance from Russia with Love. It's been my favorite for years. Dug it, your heels in. Um, even going through this series, I mean, before we started this podcast, I had it at one. Mm-hmm. I don't think it takes number one. I, I still think it's from Russia. It's in the top. It's in the top there. I will say it's it's easily in the top three. Okay. I think that's um, fair. I'm, there's going to be a lot of debate and changing from time to time mm-hmm. on whether or not it's one, two, or three. I mean, I guess, honestly, for me, it's it's in the top two. 
Right. Is it is it gonna is it gonna overcome Goldfinger or not? Mm-hmm. And I think many days of the week it's going to. Um, so you would have this as possibly possibly number one, number one, but overall, honestly, I blame a lot of this on you. And sure. Our our entire conversation with the whole pussy galore scene in the in the in the barn. It's my fault. It is your fault in mm-hmm. a lot of ways because you were such a dick in that yeah. podcast. <laughs> I don't like your I face on it. I don't apologize. Comment, but I know you don't. But uh, you've made me rethink my whole view of Goldfinger, and it's kind of been tainted ever since. And why uh, haven't you thought your position on From Russia with Love? Then I, what a great it, film. No, it's making me think that as well. But all I really, time greats. I really don't. I my problem with From Russia with Love is I really don't think it. The formula wasn't made yet, so I can't... The fact that it's not in the formula of... I'm going to stop you there, my friend, because nor is this film. Nor is this film. That's a very good point. So let's get into the movie, then. Yep. We have... Say again? Were we in the movie? (laughs) (laughs) I think we were ranking it. Let's talk about the... The the good things and bad things? Yeah, let's get into the... Instead of just ranking it, let's talk about... So I think sometimes when we do this podcast, we kind of like gloss over, we, you know, we rank the movie, we talk about, oh, do we like it, the realism. I think this is, this is, this is a reboot or a refresh. This is something worth talking about. Like what makes a James Bond film? And we can see as fans, like they're putting the pieces together. They're, they're literally building James Bond in front of our, our eyes. Yep. He's a well-dressed guy. The whole, I, I mean, if you've been a fan of this podcast, when we introduce Distinguished Debauchery, it is nothing more, let's be honest here, than an edit of um, Vesper Lynn's speech in the train. Yeah. I mean, I could have I could have used M's speech to Pierce Brosnan. I could have used um, Velope's uh, speech to Sean Connery at any point. I could have used a number of conversations any of the Bonds had with Q. I, I stick with the Daniel Craig error because this error is trying to build Bond and I think they purposely have these conversations of what is James Bond. And to me, that scene in the train, it is not only fan service, but it is a necessary tool of we are identifying who this man is. Yeah. How James, did he get here? James Bond himself loved that scene. Right. By looking at Daniel Craig's smile at the end when he was his lamb was skewered. Yeah. You know, I mean, that it's, was... It, it's a, As an actor, you have to enjoy that scene. Yeah. As a writer, you had to enjoy making it. As a fan... I've never met anyone who didn't, even a non-Bond fan, it is a well-done scene. Okay, and we get to see not only Bond who he was, it gives us some background. He's an orphan. We understand why he has a chip on his shoulder. We understand why he's working for MI6. We understand why he dresses, why he wears the watch. Is it a Rolex? Omega. Omega. Beautiful. We then, at the end of the film, we get to understand, like, we, the film tells us earlier, why is he sleeping with married women? Later in the film, why is he going to be such a cold-hearted bastard? Who wouldn't be? Uh You're willing to give up your career. You're willing to give up everything you are as a person. You're letting your shield down, which we know is because he's had a hard upbringing. He lost, um, his parents. He was an orphan. He was probably given a hard time at school for not being of upper class. Mm -hmm. He's giving all that up for this woman. It turns out, no. She betrayed him and broke his heart. We get James Bond. Yeah. And I think that film, this film does such a great job at defining it. But then in the same sense, you know, we're far enough in the series. I, I know we're supposed to, we're, we're, we're reviewing Casino Royale as if only Casino Royale exists. But it's hard to have this conversation 
knowing this is a world in which Quantum, in which Skyfall, in which Spectre exists, and saying everything that made this movie strong, why is it then turned around to use as an attack on Spectre? And we talked about this a little earlier. I think this is the place where you would you would bring it up. You know, what? why? What is that in critics? Is it because the traditional, like the same reason Roger Moore was kind of, you know, hit so hard, it was recycled plots. Is it? Is it because... Spectre is a kind of recycled rehash of the beats of Casino. Like, what is? It? I just don't understand. I'm positive on Spectre. You have a, you have a much more you know positive review. I, of Spectre. We're, we're fans of Spectre. Yeah. We defend absolutely Spectre much more than I think the the critics did. And having gone back after seeing Spectre and seeing Casino, it's like I don't get it. Why this one's so loved and yet that one is Spectre? Is it too much of everything that made Casino good? The Spectre just go further with the fan service, with the indulgence. You know, I don't know. Maybe there's no answer I, to it. I, 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 w- I would say I think the difference between Casino and Spectre is... All right, so I would say this, uh, in some ways the, the, the third act of Spectre versus the third act of Casino. In Casino, third act is Vesper gets captured by Lashif. You have the whole car rolling incident. You have the ball busting, if I can say that. You know, the whole Lashif torture of Bond incident. I mean, the third act makes There's sense. There's a lot more. Here, let me get to the let me get to the ultimate point. There is a lot more meat of non-action. There's a lot more. Uh, you get to you get to be with Bond um, post incident with Lashif, where he's recovering. Mm-hmm. You get to have Vesper together with Bond. I believe the love of Vesper and Bond much more than I do the love of Madeline and Bond. Because I have to see more time on screen with it. Now granted there was an action scene after that. Mm-hmm. With Gettler and you know Mr. White picking up the money, uh, the suitcase full of money. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that's ultimately, ultimately my point is the third act was... Uh, the important parts of the third act of character building, there was more of it right. in Casino than there was in Spectre. The third act of Spectre is more relatable to, I think, all of Quantum then, where Quantum's a lot of chasing in action. Yes. And the third act of Spectre is a lot of bang, bang, chase, chase. Yeah. What I'm, are we doing here? I'm on a bridge. Happened? I'm not going to kill you. M, take care of this guy. I'm going to show up and visit the Q lab and get my right. car and leave. So there, there's more meat. There's more yeah. meat. And Casino, ultimately. Right. Um, and I don't want to totally focus on that, because I think that it, there's... Did you see this film in theaters? Uh, I did. I, I've, seen, I've seen every movie and... uh, in theaters since Goldeneye. Okay. Um, you know, it's different timing, though. I mean, 2006, I mean, my life was a lot different than I was in a, obviously an adult. We were both adults by then. Were you married by then? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, one year I was newly well, newlywed at that point. So would Heather have gone with you? Did you see that by yourself? I think Heather's seen Heather's seen every Craig movie in the theater with me. Okay, uh, except Spectre because uh, we saw that together, obviously. So you didn't take her in one of your. We well, you have kids. She probably we haven't yet. Kids, so yeah. she'll be watching the Blu-ray with me as right. soon as that shows up in a couple weeks from now. But or what? Anytime like, soon. Soon it's coming out. Day. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. Okay, that makes sense. There's a lot more here. Uh, do you want to talk more about the movie? Yeah, no, no. I think that was just a, a conversation. That's a very that interesting point. I want I mean, to air out. Yeah, you know, yeah. we can circle back to pretending that we've never seen the other ones and we're yeah. go back to the traditional. We're at casino. Yeah, 
and haven't seen haven't seen the other ones. Uh, let me totally change gears here. Yep. Did you, did you notice Richard Bronson in the movie? Yeah. Did you know I read a thing online that when when it's shown on airlines, the other airlines edit edit that art. Really? Yeah, they edit out his cameo, and they they. Um... There's no Virgin Virgin Atlantic. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of dick. yeah. Is it unfair at this point, looking at this movie, that I enjoy the one-liners so much more than I did when they were delivered by Roger Moore? Actually, that's kind of funny. Like Heather brought that up because right. Heather was like, "I really enjoy." She enjoyed. She said, "I enjoy the quips of this movie much more than the previous quips of other movies." Right. He delivers Were they just one. cleaner? I mean, like, what were... I wonder why. I, I think it's unfair, and I want to circle back to... I, I know it's one of your friends who listen to our podcast, and this is the friend that Die Another Day was his favorite yeah, Bond film. Yeah, 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 which... Um, just... Uh, I don't know how you get to that, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure all his other choices in life are great, but that's, that was a mistake. Anyway, one of his criticisms was he thinks that Daniel Craig is too serious. and me head. I... Yeah, sure, he's, you know, meathead, whatever. I think he's a phenomenal actor and that when he delivers those lines, mm-hmm. he delivers them in a way where, like, I can see Bond saying that. Like, it's it's natural that he is, yes, a meathead, but also just a little qu- the, the little, like, quiver of a smile that he has when he, like, he is making himself, like, he enjoys what he's saying. He gets a kick out of that line he's saying and he, and he delivers it so well. Yeah. It's so believable. And I, it's not that Roger Moore's quips weren't believable, but I think that, I think the difference for me is that looking at Roger Moore, I think the quip he thought was more of Bond, whereas I think Daniel Craig portrays it as, I'm just gonna make light of this very serious situation that just happened. You know, that it's, the, the quip isn't the entirety of Bond as a person. Mm-hmm. It's just a sarcastic remark that I'm making. You know, as we're moving forward in the film, mm-hmm. what do you feel? Do you feel that? Do you feel it's hypocritical to enjoy his quips so much, but be so hard? I also enjoyed Pierce's quips much more. I enjoy all. Do the you quips. think I allow so that, my disdain my for there's Roger a, Moore? There's a long dramatic pause. Okay, there, there, there's a level of like the difference between your watching and my watching, and uh-huh. Heather's watching. You know, my wife's watching. I I think I I am the great forgiver of our duo of this of this series. Uh-huh. I like I like his quips. I like Roger Moore's quips. I like Timothy Dalton's quips. I like Pierce Brosnan's quips. I give I expect the quips. Right. I, I look at them in a different way. Right. Like I look at them like, and I I, I mentioned this in Pierce Brosnan's. Pierce Pierce was heavy sexual innuendos. Mm-hmm. These quips are just solid quips. Right. You know of. Of equal ground, equal footing, male female quips. Like, I mean, I I can't think of a better scene in and many like level handed, uh, Vesper's uh, dissection of James Bond and James Bond dissection of Vesper. Mm-hmm. They were both ev- equally insulting and respectful at the same time. But I, I I don't think I refer to those as quips. It's to me the one that really stands out in the film. After he is nearly killed by the drink, and he comes back, and he says that last one nearly killed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like those, <laughs> no, kind of, you know, those yeah. kind of deliveries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that he has, and those kind of one-liners. Like I just really enjoy them. Yeah, and I enjoy them from him. Uh, I, I don't know. No, that, that's, that's a solid one. That's a solid. One. But let's get into. Let's make this podcast even longer. Yeah, than it naturally long. is. 
um, and have, I think this is a place where we would have the debate where I, I think we profoundly disagree with Judy Dench's M. And you lean, I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're leaning toward that she is a softening continuation of the M that really she has am. portrayed. And I firmly believe, no, that she is a completely different M. Um, it helps that I did some research on this because I wanted to know what uh, Mark Campbell thought, who... Did you also know that he directed Goldeneye? Mark, Martin Campbell? Yeah, Martin yeah. Campbell, excuse me. So he's kind of two for two on rebooting uh, Bond actors uh-huh. into the franchise. But he when, he, when it was like, we're giving you this film, this is a reboot, he said, I don't want to lose Judy Dench. Well, I mean, that's not fair, because now, now you have much more ammunition, and I'm going to change my, my opinion of it. But I, ignoring that comment, looking at the film... You, I, I don't think it's that far of a stretch to say that that is the same Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench playing M. That is the same character M. And so, so I'll argue, I'll counter softening over the years. So here's going to be my counter offer. Uh-huh. And Goldeneye, they clearly she fucking rips them apart. But she's like a forty year old M. Let me finish. Okay. They clearly refer her predecessor. Uh huh. And the world is not enough. There's a statue of Bernard Lee. Yep. From Casino Royale on, at no point did I not believe that Judy Dench was a M that had been M for years. Yep. That was her position. She recruited Bond. She groomed Bond. She had been there for a while. She was established. She walked into people's offices and she's like, you have my direct number. So you're I'm on board th- with my argument? Is that what you're no, saying? No, I'm the opposite, that she is not somebody's replacement. But she is M. She's the M. She's the first M. And I think it's a complete reversal of the old series where Judy Dench replaces a male M. Okay. And in this okay. one, it's she's the M that recruits Bond, has that relationship with Bond, nurtured Bond, defends okay. Bond. And then we get the, the M, the Mallory. He comes in. He's the M that leads us to... Not the M that recruited Bond, but the M that's going to nurture Bond into, you know, the second half of his career. Yeah, that's really tough, because, I mean... I think in this series, even in Casino, there is a... Not a, I'm your replacement, I'm going to bust your balls because I deserve to be here. It's a, I've known you since day one. I'm pushing you because I know what you're capable of. I fucking recruited you for a reason. Yeah. But here's my problem with it. I mean, because she can have that same... All right, I'm, I'm Judy Dench. You're James Bond. We can have that conversation. Right. Like, But you don't also realize that I've had the same relationship with the Pierce Brosnan and James Bond. What? What I'm saying is, like, you don't know. If you're Daniel Craig, uh-huh. James Bond, you don't, you don't know that I've had... I've been around a decade longer than you. You don't realize that I've also had this same mentoring relationship with Pierce Brosnan. Wait, are you saying that there's that we're now in a world in which James Bond James gets Bond, recycled? James Bond is nothing more than a, name a code name for 007. That's a whole different conversation for a whole different other day. I that's what that's what I kind of feel. I, I from I I I think yeah. I, I guess I kind of think like from Goldeneye through anything with Judy Dench that uh, James Bond has been recycled. I think you could make that argument. So you're, you watch these films and, and your view 
of, of the Dash, franchise of M yep. right now. Yep. Of the last twenty years, Daniel Craig as a man. That that's impossible because the Daniel Craig era establishes James Bond's not a code name. It's his father's name. He's a Bond. They go back to the ancestral home of Bond. He that's is true. James Bond. That's true. With so Skyfall. So with Pierce, Skyfall, that Pierce all also up. can't be the code name. Yeah, that screws it up. Moving forward, I think they can entertain the idea that possibly James Bond now becomes a code name if they want to take the series in a I different guess, direction, if they want to keep the continuity let me catch of you having... Off. I think ultimately the, the point is that I think there was not... There's so not let's, a huge... Let's peel back the onion. Let's peel yeah. back... Let's, there's not let's a, take it there's to not the simplest black and white line. Let me ask you this that, question. Let me stop you. Let, yep. me, let me let me rephrase it this way. You go ahead and stop me after I just try to stop you. Go right. ahead. <laughs> let's look at it from this perspective and keep it a lot simpler. Okay. Judy Dench was given a call yep. and she said she heard Judy, um, we want you to come on board for the next James Bond film. Uh-huh. We're going to send you the script. Judy gets the script. She opens it. As an actress, does she prepare for Casino thinking this is a different M than I've portrayed this for four films? This is not a simple question. I think, I think you've simplified the question. I've by simplified s- the question, but we're going to take out all the mythos. We're going to take out this. We're going to say, and, and the question is, did Judy Dench prepare for M as a brand new character, a new role that she'd received, or is she playing M for the fifth time? I'm going to say it's a new role. Based on the fact that you mentioned Skyfall and the fact that we go to the Skyfall. But she state. didn't know that. I know. So what I'm saying is so because I simplified we know the future. The, nope. Right, nope. If I don't know the future. Yes. If, if I don't know the it's future. It's 2005. It's film. Judy it's gets a call. Film. You, think, you are doing, you are doing M again. You're doing M. Yep. You think as an actor you are, she prepared. Your, your, your sharp edges have been rounded by time. You have a new James Bond. We're going to fuck this whole thing up. And Skyfall and go, James Bond's estate is in Scotland. And that's what I'm... Okay, and so this is why we're going to keep it simple. I disagree with that premise. I think that Judy is given a call and it's, we're going to keep you as M. We're going to send you a script. And I think as a professional, she said, talk to me a little more about this film. Yep. They talk to her, it's a reboot. I think she approaches M differently. I will tell you, I don't think, I don't think the line is that black and white. Okay. Do you think this is a real film? It's believable. I think so. We there's no bell in between. We just go into <laughs> Do it again, do it again, do it again. Do you think this is a real film? I think it's very believable. Yeah, so do I. I think right. it's I think it's I think it's real. What do you love about this movie? I have a lot of loves. Um I'm gonna, I'm gonna not say all of them. I'm gonna if you would indulge me in this. I will indulge you. I'm gonna do my love and then as soon as I say that I want you to ask me what I hate about this film. Okay. Alright, ready? So what do you love? The entire fucking movie. <laughs> what do you not like? What do you not a damn thing? <laughs> yeah. Can we stop? Can we stop again? Sure. And before we wrap up, because the love hate kills. Two hour podcast. No, awesome. no, the love hate kills kind of a wrap up. Can we talk about my hands down? Not a question. No contest. My favorite Felix Leiter of the entire series. Oh, uh, I, I Jeffrey totally Wright. Agree. He is an awesome. He's a phenomenal actor. He's he so good. Yeah, I love it. I, w- I, I want, want more of him. I want him to come why, back in Bond twenty five so much. Just, just do I don't get it. Yeah. the Felix Leiter film. Yeah, so good. 
And then to have him in Quantum, and I know we're not supposed to pretend that Quantum exists yet, but still, he's so good. How do you go from he gets a bigger role in Quantum, and then you're just like, fuck you, guy. You're not even. I think so. I mean, I think he. I think he gets a worse role. Honestly, I give him. You know, I guess you know. You can understand why they're friends. I think it builds. Yeah, absolutely. They professionally he protects protects James. And twice, I think there's at least twice. there's a bond now yeah. between bond. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pun. It, it, but I mean, he's a you know he's a field agent. He was in 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 casino. Felix is a field agent. Yeah. In quantum, he's more of a. I'm he's, a field he's got agent. Promoted. Yeah. I'm a field agent, but I'm also working with my superior. Yeah. So I have to I have to walk the line of right. I need to to not totally backstab my superior, but I I'm also like we have this uh, right. a spirit of core, if you will, that we are both field agents. I'm going to protect you right. when I say like you need to get the shit out of here. This is the information you need. Get out of here before you get you know attacked. But um, no, he's by far. I would I, I want him. I, you know, we got the little nod. We got the little nod, Inspector. Like I have a friend in the CIA. Oh, yeah, he, looks, he name drops him. Yeah, but I was like, bring him back. I yeah. really want to see him come back. Um, was there anything else other than? I mean, I, I know you're kind of. Yeah, we very, can just get straight into the love. Yeah, yeah. And was there anything else? Like, I really loved the fact that Michael G. Wilson made another appearance in the film. He's been making constant appearances. I always miss the Michael G. Wilson. He was the maybe I just need. I need. You need to, look, you need to put a, a name picture. to a face. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I enjoy the medical station, the whole, uh, after Bond gets poisoned. Um, obviously I enjoyed the exchange between Bond and Vesper on the train. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love everything. That's good. I mean. I love it all. I do. I do love a lot. The final sequence. They both died in that rooftop. Uh, it's just so wonderful. It's so good. It's such a good film. I, I enjoyed. So well done. I enjoyed that the closing song in the film was just purely the James Bond theme song by mm-hmm. James Barry. No, they put the... Um, afterwards. Afterwards. But the opening song and the closing the song yeah. was the James Bond theme yeah. song. Yeah. What do you hate? Not, nothing. Uh, nothing. Not a damn so thing. So I'm going to continue talking and I'm going to tell you that I hated that uh, the passcode that Bond entered into the... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. was not the passcode. It wasn't Vesper. Let me, let me tell you exactly what it was because I went back multiple times. Let me look at a phone so I can tell you what... 836547 doesn't spell Vesper. What is it? Eight three six. Give me a second. Let me get to my damn. Jesus Christ. Go ahead. Eight three six. Eight. There's a V. There's an E. Five four seven. Does not spell Vesper. Eight three six. Five four seven. Doesn't spell Vesper. No. No, it doesn't. He needed uh, eight three. I don't care what it was. It doesn't spell Vesper. Seven. Yeah, it doesn't spell. Yeah. Now, my girlfriend noticed it. She made me rewind that damn thing like three times. I watched it like four times in a row. I was like, that, She's like it doesn't that's spell, not spelling Vesper. It doesn't spell Vesper. And the other thing was I, I don't like how James Bond splashed the pot with his chips. He just like shoved his chips in the pot multiple times. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's not a poker player. A good poker player knows not to do that. Would you kill anything? Uh, I would kill... Not really a kill, but I would work on a better transition between the the first two acts and the final act. How would you transition that better? I'm like, what? Where? Actually, give me the give me the cut line. Where's the cut line between second? So the and first the first two acts ends at the torture scene, mm-hmm. which I don't know how we haven't talked about what a great scene that is. Yeah. Uh, when my dad my dad blurs Quantum and and Casino, which makes sense because yeah, one's a sequel of the other. Yeah. He know he'll ask this. 
is that the one where he gets tortured by uh, getting hit in the nuts? And I'm like, no, that's the other one. He's like, oh, yeah, all right, okay. okay. <laughs> Which is a great line. It's just hilarious. Like, a little to the left, a little to the left. Yeah. Now the whole world's going to know you done scratched my yeah, nuts. Yeah, yeah, Actually, that, that, I don't know how that, where's that? That's got to be my love. Yeah, yeah. Bond, Bond's response to the chief's torture. The whole world is going to know you died scratching my balls. I mean, that's, that's great. Yeah, just I mean, the, the, there's just a tonal difference between the two. The first two thirds a little darker, the way it's filmed, especially that last sequence of the torture, and then you're it's just bright lights. He's healing. He, how long has he been? It's just a little better transition into into some of that. But I mean, it's minor. It's a very yep. It's minutia at this point. Right. Um, um, for that. Also, I don't know why he doesn't get more credit. He clearly at the beginning of the film. When his counterpart is holding his ear and he says, Carter. yeah, uh, put your hand down. We need to take him alive. Yeah. And Bond's always getting his balls busted for killing people. Yeah, yeah. It's just self-defense. He wants to do the right thing. They're trying to kill him. Yeah. And uh, you gave the man a license to kill. You don't want him to kill people. Revoke his license yeah. to kill. <laughs> license to capture, James. Not license to kill. But you gave him a license to kill. He's going to use it. That's right. I don't blame him. I like that the little Good morning, people. I just landed in your town. Good morning, people. I just landed in your town. Trying to find someone to love. Next, a sequel. Absolutely. Download this podcast, all our other podcasts, the podcast coming right after this. Find it on iTunes, on Stitcher, and Podbean if you go early enough in the month. (laughs) And tell every Bond fan, you know, we want to build this community of bonding. We've enjoyed the interactions we've gotten through emails, through Twitter, through the Facebook. You know, keep it up. We want to, you know, again... Um, just just build this community that we're a part of. Yep. Scott, if we were on Twitter and we wanted to find um, our ourselves, well, where would we? What would we? What are we on Twitter? At Bonding Over Bond. And if we're on Facebook and somebody's like, "Oh, where can I find uh, Bonding Over Bond on Facebook?" Bonding Over Bond slash podcast. And what if someone's like, you know what, I really want to send these guys a detailed message or an email or tell them a story. Where would I Where would I do that? How can I... If you want to send an email or uh-huh. something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be uh, bondingoverbond at gmail.com. Or, you know, someone's just sitting around their house and they're on the interwebs and they got their Google machine fired up and they're like, I want to, I want to see what these guys do online. What can they... In the now times, yeah. it would be the uh, com slash bondingoverbond. In the future times, it'll be... Uh-huh. In the very near future, bondingoverbond.com. Alright. Let's bond.